Last week we talked about um, a faith check, a faith check. The, the title of the message was having a faith check. You know, when God evaluates our lives, he evaluates our faith. There's a story in, um, in Luke or Matthew 21, 18. It is when Jesus, he is going to Jerusalem and he's with his disciples and he sees a fig tree. And the fig tree, uh, the Bible says it was out of his, its season. In other words, it wasn't ready to really bear fruit. And Jesus walked up to it and still looked for fruit on the tree. And he didn't see any fruit and he was teaching his disciples a lesson. And he said, uh, he cursed the tree, and a day later they come by the tree, and the tree was withered from the roots. And Jesus began to teach them. He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could tell this mountain to be removed. How many of you know that there's nothing that keep, can keep you from the blessing of God, your inheritance, the love of God, that we have power in our words? Do you believe that? And our life really represents this fig tree. This fig tree uh, is kind of like us. You know, Jesus said, those that bear much fruit give glory to my Father which is in heaven. And I believe a lot of times, you know, God is looking in our life. He's inspecting the fruit in our life. And he's trying to see, do I see faith here? Because how many of you know that it's only faith that pleases God? It's only faith that makes us right with God. He is checking for faith. He is checking for faith. Let's look at the scripture in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. It says, three things that will last forever. forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Say that with me. Faith, hope, and love. Say it with me again. Faith, hope, and love. The Bible says these are the only three things that we're able to bring with us. And these are the three things that last forever. How many of you know that love is the most important thing? The Bible says if you have the faith to move mountains, you have the faith to do incredible things, but you don't do it in love, then it's a waste of time. That you can do great things with your life, but if it's not out of love, then it really is a waste of time. And love, we know, is patient and is kind, and it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it doesn't parade itself. It keeps no record of wrong. It believes all things. How many of you are glad that God loves us? And so when we are coming in the faith for things, it is important that it's really backed up by love. Why do you want what you want? Love will ask the question, why do I want what I want? And the Bible says that faith and hope are the two other things that will last forever. What is the difference between faith and hope? What's the difference between faith and hope? See, faith, the Bible says, that faith is substance. It's a title deed. It's you are for sure. It's in your heart. You are certain that something's going to happen. Some of you, you gave your life to God, and you are certain that you have a relationship with Jesus. How many of you can testify of that? It is a certainty, and faith is like, I already got it. It's like when you buy a car and you sign the paperwork. Maybe you're getting the car in the week, but you know it's coming. That's faith. Now, hope is the anticipation of your faith. So hope is like, 
that car is coming, so now I'm joyfully excited about this coming to pass. That is hope. Now, Jesus looks at this tree when it's not bearing fruit in its season, and he still curses the tree. Because even before you begin to receive the harvest or the breakthrough in your life, God is looking to see if you have hope. God is looking for your expectation for the thing that's coming. If I told Todd today, I said, you know what, Todd, um, I've got $1,000 for you in the foyer. I'm going to give it to you right after service. Well, if he trusts me, he's leaving right now. He's waiting in the, he's like, forget the service. I'm sitting in the foyer. <laughs> he would, uh, first of all, he would trust me if I said it, and he would be excited about receiving it. Trusting and believing and having a substance or a word, that's faith. But hope has to do with the joyful expectation. Let me ask you, how is your faith? How is your joy? Because God is looking in our heart and saying, do you have hope here? Do you have hope in your marriage? Do you have an expectation in your marriage? Do you have hope in your finances? Do you have hope when it comes to your children? Do you have hope when it comes to your workplace? Do you have hope when it comes to your city? Do you have hope when it comes to your nation? Because God is looking for hope. God is looking for hope. And the way that you get it, the way that you really get it is if you have faith. How many of you know that faith only comes by seeds? Faith comes by the word of God, and you have to ask yourself, what am I listening to? What am I listening to? If there's not a great expectation, you have to check your faith. What am I listening to? What are the words that I'm listening to? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So I begin to hear God's word and it brings faith in my life. How many of you know you can, even, you can either listen to logic or you can listen to faith? You can either listen to the circumstances or you can listen to faith. You can say there's cancer in my body, but I am not listening to that circumstance. God says that I am healed by his blood. And you begin to meditate and concentrate on that word and faith comes. I woke some of y'all up just now. Faith comes. I've learned you, you, you make loud sounds on a microphone or talk about sex, you're going to wake people up. It's either two things. <laughs> you're like, please don't. Now, let's look at this, Galatians 6, 9. It says this, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. If we do not lose heart. If we do not lose heart. Where, when are you going to reap? How are you going to reap? By not losing heart. Look at your neighbor and say, it's by not losing heart. So God is looking for the fruit of hope in your life. If you don't have a joyful expectation, begin to say, I'm going to renew my mind with the word of God, and I'm coming into faith. Now, if you have faith, if you have faith or hope in your life, then you need to protect that hope. Because it's, it's easy to get excited for a week. Am I right about it? God speaks to you. You're excited. You wait for it. Something doesn't happen in a week, and you're like, it must not be God. How many of you know that God is not a microwave God? He's a crockpot God. 
He does a slow cooking. He doesn't do a, a fast, just zippity doo die and you get, no. He is, you begin to have patience and believe. And the, the secret is not that you just have hope, but that you keep it. That expectation, that expectation, if you're believing for your ministry, the expectation of God moving in the people in your life, the expectation of your family coming to God, that expectation of the financial breakthrough, God says it's not good enough just to have it, you got to keep it. And if you keep it, you'll get the breakthrough. How many of you want to keep some hope? You want to keep some hope. You know, it gets real when you start believing for things. It gets, uh, it gets, it makes you honest. It makes you true. Monday, I was praying. I, I began to, to pray about Lee and I's marriage, and we, I began to pray about her, and, and um, specifically uh, about vision, and God just speaking to her. He, she's preaching for Mother's Day, by the way. It's next week. And uh, I was just praying over that. I'm pr- believing that, and, you know, praying by the way, that last song that was sung, she wrote that song. I always think, even though I know she wrote I always think, like, where do I find that song? Well, you can't find it because she hasn't gotten a CD yet, which is coming. And so I started, I started praying about her life and her future. How many of you know you should pray for your spouse? You shouldn't just ask God to change your spouse. You should ask God to change you to have faith for your spouse. How many of you know that you need to have Listen, I know he's been throwing his dirty underwear on the clothes for 15 years. Start to get some hope. He's going to clean up after himself. Start to get some faith, right? (laughs) I'm preaching to myself. (laughs) But I, I begin to pray for her and I begin to dream. See, that's what God wants us to do in his presence. He wants us to evaluate his word and begin to dream with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, its language is dreams, visions, and prophecy. So when we're connected with God, God wants us to evaluate his word and begin to dream. He begins, he causes us to dream. And so I begin to dream about her and our marriage. And that day I came out of prayer and she came to me and said, you know, I was just thinking maybe I should go away for a few days and just pray and and write a new new song. And I thought that is from Satan right there because I got all the kids and I got a lot of stuff to do this week. And I was like, Satan, get behind me right now. (laughs) She was like, I don't know. I was just thinking, you know, maybe, you know, because she is with the kids all the time and and she's doing a lot of work. And so she was like, maybe I can get away. And at first, to be honest with you, I was like, how dare she? I got stuff to do. I got to go. I mean, you know, the kids are not going to eat well with me here. You know, the laundry's not going to get done. I'll try to do the dishes, you know. And and at first I thought, um, I don't know. But the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and said, what did you just pray for? You just prayed for her to be able to hear from God and to be able to write and to be able to do things. And, and you need to be able to see, we pray for a lot of things, but don't want the sacrifice to get them. It could be, yeah, give God a hand if you want to. We can pray for a lot of things, but when the opportunity presents itself, we abort that promise in our life. Because we say, God, use me. God, work it out. God, increase. And then God brings an opportunity, and you're like, oh, I don't know. 
I'm not really feeling it. How many of you know that a hopeful expectation will begin to cause you to lay hold of the opportunities that God has put in your life? See, the opportunities are in your life right now. You just have to see them. I'm, I'm preaching better than you're shouting today. The opportunities in your life are right there. You just have to see them. What did Jesus say? He said, the harvest is plentiful, but you got to open your eyes. He says, look up and look at the harvest. It's there. It's plentiful. It's ready. But we have to come into faith. What causes you to keep your hope? I want to give you three nutrients that keeps your hope. Three nutrients, just like a tree, these nutrients. We need nutrients to keep our hope, to keep that fruit. Are you with me? And the first one is this, the secret to your harvest. Write this down. The title of my message is the nutrients for a lasting hope. I'm going to give you three of these today. And the first one is this, if you want hope that lasts, if you want expectation that lasts, then you have to be persistent in prayer. Wow, that's good, Evan. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. You have to be persistent in prayer. How many of you know you need to be persistent in prayer? Because prayer, persistent prayer, it, it is like putting rain on the, on the promise or the seed of God in your life. It's like bringing rain with the seeds of God in your life. Without the nutrients, it's not going to grow. You say, well, I prayed about it. Jesus said, keep praying. The disciples said, teach us how to pray. And he's, he begins to give them the Lord's prayer. But then he says, he gives them an analogy. He says, listen, there was a neighbor that was hungry and needed some bread. And they, he went and knocked on the door. The neighbor was like, get away. My, my, my children are in bed, the door is locked, get out of here. And he said, but the neighbor constantly knocked on that door. And this is what he says. He says in Luke eleven nine. he says, and so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you're asking for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. Let me ask you, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? Because if you want something bad enough, you'll keep knocking. If you want something bad enough, you'll keep going to God. If you want something bad enough, you'll say, I'm going to keep knocking, God. And God is looking right now and he's saying, where is your hope? Where is your faith? Where is your expectancy? Because it is only faith that pleases God. Not your good works, not all the great things that you have done, but your faith with God. See, religion is doing a bunch of things outside of faith. If you came to church today and you don't have faith to receive anything, you're just coming to church. But if you're coming to church today and saying, I'm going to get a touch from God, I'm going to begin to wake up and begin to see the promises of God in my life, he's going to begin to change me. Well, then you're going to have some expectation. You're going to have some change in your life. But listen, it comes from persistent prayer. It comes from persistent prayer. Keep on knocking. See, it is prayer that forms your faith. When we pray, we begin to have our faith formed in the supernatural. It begins to set an atmosphere for your breakthrough. Don't pray for it just once. Keep asking. God's saying, how bad do you want it? 
Listen, you want to get, you want to have a good marriage. How bad do you want it? You want a breakthrough. How bad do you want it? A lot of times we say that we want stuff, but we're too lazy to do anything to get it. Proverbs said, if you're like a man that, you know what, you, you have all your food, but you're too lazy to bring the spoon up to your mouth and eat. It says, and this is the thing, we want a bunch of stuff, but we don't want to believe and persistently pray and ask God and keep knocking. Oh, I don't have time for that. That's not faith. You know, I kind of pray. That's not faith. Faith When you pray, you begin to get a passion and a burning desire for what you're asking for. See, if you're just hoping, well, I hope it works, that's not real hope. I believe, I I hope it will work out. That's not real faith. Faith is substance. How many of you know that we have to be persistent in prayer? Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Why does God say keep praying? Because he's seeing how bad you want it. He's seeing how bad you want it. He's seeing how much you believe because the test, the checkup is for your faith. The checkup is for your faith. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? How many of you believe that you need to form some things up in your faith through prayer? Prayer is what gives it that desire. It's like bringing rain. It's like bringing food to your hope. It's like bringing Uh, food to your hope. The second thing is this. The second thing is that you should recognize and acknowledge small breakthroughs. Recognize and acknowledge small breakthroughs. See, God moves in our life, but we're so thinking about the natural that we don't even see when God does the small things in our life. If you want God to do big things in your life, let me challenge you, begin to recognize the small ones. If you want God to do big breakthroughs in your life, begin to recognize God when he does the small ones. How how many of you know that the Bible says, do not despise the days of small beginnings? So maybe, maybe, you know, with Leah getting away, maybe it was a small step, but I had to recognize, God, you're answering my prayer. And this is how faith builds. See, we see little things in our life and we think, oh, that's coincidence. No, it's God. Acknowledge it. Begin to say it's God. See, the Bible says that we're just like Elijah. Elijah prayed that it would be no rain. There was no rain. And then the Bible says that Elijah earnestly prayed that there would be rain because a famine came and there was rain. Do you know what Elijah did? You know what Elijah did when he was laying there? Seven times he got up and said, is there a cloud out there? Seven times he was persistent in his prayer. And seven times he said, is there a cloud? They came back and said, is there no cloud? He kept praying and said, is there a cloud? There's no cloud. And then his servant came back and said, there is one little cloud. The cloud is the size of a man's hand. And he told the people, get ready for an abundance of rain. Get ready for an abundance of rain. See, people of faith, they recognize the small clouds. They recognize, they don't see things the same. They see small things. I've heard, I heard somebody, they were believing for their husband to really get right, and they were believing for, you know, them to really enter into their ministry, and, and they, they were just praying for it and believing it. And, and the, I saw the, the husband coming around. 
he was coming around, he was hungry, he was praying. He wasn't doing exactly what the wife wanted to do, but I said, man, look at what he's doing. She was like, yeah, but he's not really doing this, this, and that. But you should look at the cloud the size of the man's hand. Come on, you should say, yeah, maybe it hasn't come yet, but look what's happening. God's saying, if you can believe for the small thing, then I'm going to begin to give you a breakthrough in the big things. Come on, God wants you to begin to recognize what he's doing. See, we see dry bones, but Ezekiel saw an army. We see a cloud of the size of a man's hand, but Elijah saw a deluge. He saw a downpour. Come on, we see 12 fishermen. Jesus sees world changers. Come on, God says, what are you seeing? Because your perspective is what's going to hold up your hope. You have to have the right perspective. Come on, how many of you know that God wants us to have the correct perspective? God wants us to begin to, to see. See like David, David, everybody else saw Goliath. David saw an opportunity to get a wife and to not pay taxes for the rest of his life. See, God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. See, we think diligently seeking God is going in the word of God, and that's true. But also diligently seeking God is seeing where he is moving in your life. Diligently search God. I see God moving. Maybe it looks like a mess up to you, but to me, it looks like a breakthrough. That's how you know if somebody's operating in faith because they understand that even though the mess-ups come, God's setting them up for a great victory. Come on. I got so uh, frustrated one time because um, things weren't, you know, we, we, it was during this, uh, it was during this, um, the, the flood, and we had the, the barbecue guys out here. They did an incredible job. They pumped out 500 thousand mills or something crazy like that and it, it aggravated me because the news guy the news guy I even wrote him the news guy never acknowledged that where they were I was like hey acknowledge that that we're hosting the thing you know what I mean and they would say oh it's just it's it's a, it's the old school back in the day of where the he would say it was the old school and I was like hello Tell people where to go. I was writing them. I was frustrated. Little did I know that even though he might not have wanted to give us recognition, people were listening that there is a school over there that needs to be occupied, and God set it up to begin to occupy that school and fill that space. What you see as maybe a failure and an aggravation, God is setting you up for a breakthrough. Come on, God wants you to begin to see your circumstances as a setup for the fruit to come in your life. Listen, your, your, uh, your, your daughter, your, your son got in some trouble. Yeah, God's setting them up so that they can get a breakthrough to give their lives to God. Don't sit there and say, I'm such a bad parent. How did I do that? No, no, no. God has set them up so it can expose something in their life so that they can come to you and come to God. How many of you believe that? How many of you know that we need to put on God's perspective? We got to begin to put on God's perspective and know that he's working everything out for our good. Acknowledge the small things. Talk about it. Pray about it. Talk about it. Thank God about it. 
Listen, you were believing for a breakthrough in your job and your boss was nice to you and you think he's nice to you. Now you get suspicious. Like, why is he being nice? He's gonna try to make me work an extra shift. You start thinking, why is he being nice? And you go to suspicion before you ever go to hope. Well, I know what he's doing. He's just trying to butter me up. To No, no, no. You prayed for a promotion. Start looking with eyes of faith and begin to say, no, that small thing, that thing that they're doing right there, See, some of you have been burned so many times, your hope is dead. Some of you are believing for a husband. Finally, when somebody's being nice to you, your suspicion starts kicking in. Oh, yeah, I know. They're just trying to be nice. They feel sorry for you. No, they like you. They're liking you. Start to say, God is moving in my life. He's answering prayers in my life. Come on. God wants you to begin to have eyes of faith, a new perspective. How many of you know that we need to keep our hope? You need to keep getting excited about those things. You need to keep getting excited and you got to know that God is working it through. If I can get somebody to come and and play, we're going to close. This is the third thing. The third thing is step into faith-filled sacrifice. Step into faith-filled sacrifice. See, when you begin When you begin to acknowledge that God is moving in your life, it is like bringing sunlight or energy to your hope. And when you begin to step out in faith and you begin to do something, how many of you know that faith is dead without works? Come on, we can say we love and we believe and we all, we so, but I can tell your faith by what you do. And I want to read this scripture to you. And I want this to resonate in your heart. Because we can have faith and hope and not even realize that it takes some sacrifice. Faith takes sacrifice. Am I right about it? Faith is not just God dumped something in my life. Faith will take sacrifice and it might be a little inconvenient. You're believing for somebody in your life group. Somebody calls you at 1030 at night and you're like, I can't believe they're calling me at 10. That was your opportunity to step out and sacrifice and help somebody outside of your convenience. It might take some sacrifice for the blessing to come. You say, well, the sacrifice is all on the cross. We don't need to do any sacrifice. No, read your Bible. Live your life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. If it says that it's acceptable, then that means that there's something that's not acceptable. And so if we want to begin to step into the dream of God and begin to protect our hope, we got to begin to sacrifice We have to begin to sacrifice, step out, do something, quit praying about it, quit praying about it all the time and not taking the opportunity to step out. Pray, step out, pray, step out, pray, step out. That's where the blessing comes. Pray, step out, pray, step out, pray, step out. Get out of your comfort zone. If you want something different, do different things. Pray, step out. Some of you, God is saying step out when it comes to the things with finances. Step out. Don't let fear keep you. Don't let the lid keep you. Step out and begin to trust me. This is what God says in Romans 12.1. It says this. Romans 12.1. It says, so here's what I want you to do with God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, going to work, walking around in life, and place it before God as an offering. 
embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do to him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into, you fit into it without even thinking about it. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize. Now, I want you to look at this. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly, say quickly, and quickly respond to it. That's how the blessing comes. You have faith. You pray. You recognize the small victories. And when the opportunity comes, you don't miss it because you're full of faith. You step out and the blessing comes on your life. Come on, if you say, I want to begin to protect my hope. I want long-lasting hope. Listen, depression is not of God. Quit going to the doctor for more depression medicine. What you need is faith. God wants you to begin to recognize that peace Joy and righteousness is in the Holy Spirit. Quit searching for it outside of God. You're going to be empty. Search for it in Jesus. And he's going to begin to show you. He's going to begin to bring breakthrough. I believe, like Lane said, he had a breakthrough. I believe He said, you know what? God told me to begin the tithe. I had a breakthrough. I believe God is showing you something to do today so that you can have a breakthrough. God is showing you something to do today in your marriage to have a breakthrough, at your job to have a breakthrough, and your occupation to have a breakthrough. Why? Because he says, I want you to begin to step out. And I believe today God has given you some hope. And if you want hope today and you want to keep your hope today, I want you to just stand up right where you are. If you say, you know what, I need some expectation. I need some hope. I need some faith. Come on, right where you are, the, that thing that you need, if you feel comfortable, lift your hand. That thing that you need, I want you to begin to pray for it again. I want you to pray for it again. If it's healing in your body, right where you, right where you stand. If it's healing in your marriage, right where you stand, begin to pray for it. What is that one thing that you're asking for? Begin to knock. Begin to knock. Begin to seek. God says, I'm going to open up the door. I'm going to open up the door for you. Come on, right now in your life, I want you to begin to see how God is moving in your life and that the small things is really a setup for your blessing. I want you to begin to thank God for what he's doing in your life right now. The enemy doesn't want you to thank him. The enemy wants you to be cynical, but I want you to thank God for what he's doing in your life right now. Thank you, Lord, that you're setting me up for the blessing. Come on, with your mouth. Thank him right now. We thank you, Lord, that you're setting us up for the victory. You're setting us up for breakthrough. You're setting us up for the blessing. And, Lord, we thank you that you're going to give us an opportunity to step out. You're going to give us an opportunity to sacrifice. And when we do it, we're expecting the blessing to come. Come on, begin to visualize that blessing in your life right now. Begin to form it up in your prayer right now. And let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for everybody that's lifting their hands. I thank you that you're beginning to do supernatural works in their life right now. Lord, I thank you that you're injecting faith into their heart, that they'll be full of hope and full of excitement. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to begin to bring 
breakthrough in their life now in the name of Jesus. Bring breakthrough in their marriage now in the name of Jesus. In their finances now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you're raining down on us. We thank you, Lord, that your sun is shining on us. And we thank you, Lord, you're giving us the strength as we step out to begin to step into the blessing that you have for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe it, give God a shout today. Come on, if you believe it, give God a shout. I believe that your faith is bringing the victory this week. Come on, hug three people and say, this week I'm stepping into breakthrough. God bless you guys. See you this week.